Up next, Rob Smith is problematic, part of the Gingrich 360 network. China is one of the biggest existential threats to America, and it is time we start paying attention. This is Rob Smith is problematic. A friend of mine sent me a video last night that I think should be one of the biggest things that is happening in all of our political conversation this week. It should dominate all of the headlines on Fox News, The Washington Post, everything like that. Whatever mainstream media outlets are out there, this should dominate it. This video that I want you to check out right now, this is Georgia Governor Brian Kemp basically simping for China and begging for Chinese business. Check this out. China is a top source for imports and our third largest export market. We welcome thousands of Chinese visitors every year to the Peach State, and we are constantly helping to develop new opportunities for Chinese companies. Now, this is crazy. This is outrageous. And we'll come back to that a little bit later. But let's talk about China for a second. Let's talk about the threat that China poses to to America, to our way of life, to to our military intelligence, to so many different things that are going on right now. So this is the director of national intelligence, John Radcliffe. He did an op-ed in the Wall Street Journal um, about, about five, 10 days ago, where he basically said this, and this is what he said. The People's Republic of China poses the greatest threat to America today and the greatest threat to democracy and freedom worldwide since World War II, the intelligence is clear. Beijing intends to dominate the United States and the rest of the planet economically, militarily, and technologically. This is the director of national intelligence that is saying these things. And we all know that China gifted the coronavirus onto the world and basically destroyed the greatest economy America has ever seen, did so many things. And we'll get to that a little bit later. But there are some, some facts that Radcliffe laid out in this op-ed that I want to I talk about these. So China's intellectual property theft cost the United States government $500 billion per year. In 2019, three scientists were ousted from MD Anderson Cancer Center in Houston, Texas, over concerns with theft of research. And this one, this is crazy because this is about Howard, or excuse me, Harvard University, OR, one of our most elite institutions here in America. The head of Harvard University's chemistry department was arrested earlier this year. He was accused of taking $50,000 a month from China as part of a plan to attract top scientists and reward them for stealing information. So China's hooks and China's tentacles in the United States are, are very deep. And this is something that we really, really need to start talking a little bit more about. And I'm surprised that we don't talk about it more. The coronavirus has dominated all of our conversation. And it got to the point where earlier this year, we were, we were having these ridiculous arguments on social media that if you say that the virus came from China, it's racist. Oh, President Trump, he said, this virus came from China. It's the China virus. Oh, that's racist. It's it, just all of this stuff. And this stuff is a distraction from what is really going on. And back to the coronavirus, back to, to this coronavirus, this thing that has destroyed the greatest economy America has ever seen. It has caused so much chaos 
in the lives of working Americans. We've got, I, I believe, L.A. shutting down again for three weeks because, you know, the lockdowns work so well. You have people's businesses being shut down. And I have so much empathy and always have for what the coronavirus has done to, to our economy, to, to our American way of life, to this entire world. And there's a theory that coronavirus came from risky experimentation in an ill-secured lab in Wuhan near the wet markets, not the wet markets themselves. That was a lie that our media was eager to help the Chinese government spread. And I'm digging back into this stuff, some stuff that came out earlier this year about it, because nobody is talking about these things. So the Washington Post had a report that basically said um, the U.S. embassy officials warned in January 2018 about inadequate safety at the Wuhan Institute of Virology Lab and passed on information about scientists conducting risky research on coronavirus from bats. Now, this is reporting from the Washington Post. You know, this is one of the, the mainstream media outlets there that, that we are supposed to trust. And earlier this year, Tucker Carlson had a woman that basically says, no, this virus came from a lab. It did not come from wet markets. It did not come from bat soup. That was, that was BS. That was propaganda. The virus came from a lab. And they're saying that this lab has very lax security, pro, uh, security protocols, that they were just not doing the right things. Do I believe that China knowingly unleashed this and inflicted it on the world? I do not know. That is something I do not know, but I would not put it past this Chinese communist government to do something like that. There was yet another clip that happened a couple months back. There was a woman that really succinctly broke it down, and this was not some scientist. This was not some journalist or reporter. This was just some woman, and I believe this came from Breitbart. Breitbart was interviewing her. There was some protest in D.C., and she said, nobody thinks about the fact that these lockdowns, who said to do the lockdowns? China said to do the lockdowns. We know this virus came from China. So in essence, China has basically dismantled a very strong capitalist system in America without firing a shot. So there is a very real possibility that this could have been biological warfare. And of this theory that this virus came from a lab and not wet markets and bat soup and all of that other BS that was floating around social media when this happened, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff said when somebody interviewed about this, he said, it should be no surprise to you that we have taken a keen interest in that and we've had a lot of intelligence take a hard look at that. I would say at this point, it's inconclusive, although the weight of evidence seems to indicate natural but we don't know for certain. So this is the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff saying that it is a very real possibility that this coronavirus that has destroyed the, the world, basically, and that has destroyed so many lives, came from a lab in China. And so back to Governor Kemp, simping for China, begging for business, standing in front of a Chinese flag, no less. It's ridiculous. It is outrageous. It is infuriating. And for, you know, let's talk about America first. What does America first mean? 
because people think that there's this idea that um, if if Donald Trump doesn't continue to be the president um, at this point, that that this America first agenda, this MAGA agenda, all of this stuff is going to go away. And there is this idea because for the last four years, we have been battling the left so hard because we see them lie about the president. We see them lie about the administration. So there's this idea that everybody in the Republican Party has an America first agenda. And that idea is wrong because the people that are selling this country out to China, the people that are selling this country out to a, a lot of different places, the people that that care nothing about their own personal wealth, their own personal ambition, their own personal goals, their own personal career aspirations. These people are on both sides of the aisle. If I was somebody that lived, and you know what? Take all of this drama between Brian Kemp and President Trump out of it. Just leave all that out of it because that is not what I'm thinking of right now. What I'm thinking of, if I'm somebody that lives in Georgia right now and I'm a Republican and that is my governor, my question is, why are you doing a video begging China for business standing in front of the Chinese flag? And if he cannot answer that question and he cannot even address it, then this person doesn't deserve to be governor of Georgia. What Trump's presidency did is he exposed swamp-like behavior on both sides of the aisle. And this is swamp-like behavior. This is swampy behavior. And I guarantee that there's something on the back end going on. This is just ridiculous. And you, you've heard the clip. If you're, if you're watching this clip on my social media, you've seen the clip. And this clip, by the way, did not air anywhere in America. Of course it didn't, because you were never meant to see this. Uh, Americans were never meant to see this. This was meant for China, which is why it has Chinese subtitles on it. This is why we have never seen this. It's outrageous. And by the way, I would be saying the same thing if this was a Democrat that did something like this. I would call out the same stuff because in this phase that we're moving into, all right, because honestly, like I'm just going to be 100% honest, I do not believe Donald Trump will be president. I, I do believe that Joe Biden will be president. Do I believe that this election was stolen in a lot of different ways? Yes, but they haven't been able to make the case to the level to where it's going to overturn the results of this election. And that's where I'm going to leave it at. But the conversation in the next four years, it's not just going to be about bashing Biden and, and bashing swamp-like behavior, because uh, even though we all know that he's going to do some completely insane things, this is going to be about pushing forth an America first agenda. What does America first mean? America first means jobs for America and jobs for Americans. What America first means is people coming together as Americans, regardless of all the bullshit that is used to try to divide us in mainstream media and on social media and from the far left and the far right, because I believe that the far left and the far right are, are two sides of, of the same coin. And the reason that China has been able to so effectively infiltrate what's going on here and, and do all of those things that I told you about is that they play on the divisions that we have in Americans. This is um, a, a spokesperson for the, the Chinese government, Hua Chenying. And this is what 
Um, Watch Hung Ying said on Twitter, mind you, this is a from an official government account. This is a spokesperson for the Chinese government. George Floyd's death shows that U.S. systemic racism has choked ethnic minorities so hard that they, quote unquote, can't breathe. Where do you think that comes from? Where do you think people that are running the Chinese government, where do you think that that they get this language? Where do you think that they get this way that they can basically overlook their, their human rights abuses? Right, because we all know that Chinese basically has Uyghur Muslims in concentration camps right now. They're they're forced sterilization. There's all sorts of stuff going on. And we know this. This has been reported. We know that this stuff is going on. But yet they can push this stuff because they know that Americans are so divided. They know that they can talk about U.S. systemic racism because we are so divided as Americans that you've got the far left and the far right and the left and the right arguing about systemic racism. Does racism exist or not? All of this other stuff. While we have one of the biggest superpowers in the world that is coming closer and closer to dominating us every single day. So I'm going to tell you guys, first of all, get people that are not America first out of office. Governor Brian Kemp is not America first. He's a rhino. Nobody that believes in America and that truly believes in this country would be doing a video like that standing in front of the Chinese communist flag. It is ridiculous. It is outrageous. And it is something that we should not accept. Second of all, we need to find a way to generate some American identity for us to come together as Americans. If we do not come together as Americans in some capacity, in some way, shape or form, China will use these things to divide us. And China will use these things to get rid of everything that they are doing right now to, to end that conversation. So rhinos got to go. An America first agenda is what we need to be focused on. We need to really, really, really start paying a lot more attention to China because, you know, look, we, we heard from the far left in 2016. We heard so much about Russia, 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 Russia collusion, all that stuff. Russia is not a threat to America. Russia is like broke. OK, R Russia is a mess. Russia is a joke. Maybe they figured out a couple of ways to infiltrate our, our, our social media and have a couple of bots instigating chatter and, and again, using the divisions that exist in America to divide us. But China sends spies into our country. They steal our technology and they are obviously greatly influencing the people that we think are supposed to be fighting for us, the people that we think are our strong Republican leaders, people like Brian Kemp. It was outrageous. Now, this was one of the last things that John Radcliffe says in this op-ed in the Wall Street Journal. And, I, and, and if you have not read this, this op-ed, I encourage you to read it. it. Between that and this video, it fired me up. I did not know that I was going to do an episode on China this week, but it fired me up because it exposed so many things that I'd realized. And this is what he says. This is what John Radcliffe says. This generation will be judged by its response to China's effort to reshape the world in its own image and replace America as the dominant superpower. Those are strong words. I'm going to tell you guys something. 
if we don't get it together in some capacity as Americans, if we don't get it together with our public school system, if we don't get it together with these intense divisions that seem to be getting bigger and bigger between the far left and the far right, if we don't get it together in terms of hiring politicians or electing politicians that have an America first agenda, we're all going to be like Brian Kemp. We're all going to be simping for China. And that is not America. And that's not the country that I want to live in. Up next, Ellen Page is now Elliot Page. She has come out as transgender. And the language police have pounced. And I will tell you exactly how they are trying to control our language and what we see with our own two eyes after the break. Ellen Page has come out as transgender. Ellen Page is now Elliot Page. In a statement to Variety, and in terms of, you know, this this rolling out the red carpet of her coming out as a trans man, now Elliot Page. Elliot Page says, I love that I am trans and I love that I am queer. And the more I hold myself close and fully embrace who I am, the more I dream, the more my heart grows, and the more I thrive. To all the trans people who deal with harassment, self-loathing, abuse, and the threat of violence every day, I see you, I love you, and I will do everything I can to change this world for the better. Okay, fine. Fine. You guys all know that I, you know, you all know I'm a, gay, I'm a gay man, allegedly a member of the, the LGBT community, although I don't, I don't even know what that is anymore. They keep on adding letters to it every, every day. I'm, I'm telling you, there'll be 38 letters added to the end of it before the end of this year. Um, and, and the way that I feel about the transgender issue, I, I kind of focus it to the, the teenagers, and we're going to get into a really big ruling that happened with that in a little bit. But so Ellen, Ellen Page is now Elliot Page. Whatever, fine, grown adult. Elliot Page is now transgender in, in Hollywood. Whatever, that's fine. Because the issue that I have with this is not so much that Elliot Page is trans now. The issue that I have is with language. And the way the left controls everything, the way the left controls the world, the way the left has infiltrate all major, you know, political, social, academic, entertainment institutions is via language. And so when it comes to the transgender issue, there's always this very intense focus on language. So as soon as Ellen Page came out as transgender and is now Elliot Page, and this was probably, this was stuff that was all done because they, they do these, these, these things where they roll out this big campaign, oh, this person's trans, this is going to be this big thing. They have wiped the IMDb. So now the IMDb, all of the credits back when Elliot Page was Ellen, did movies like Juno, Hard Candy, X-Men, is on a show called The Umbrella Academy, Academy on Netflix. Now all of this stuff is now credited to Elliot Page. Okay. So there's this idea in, that we are being forced to, to just go along with. And so the idea is now that in all of these movies, Elliot Page was always a man. So when Ellen Page was in Juno playing a pregnant teenager, that was really a trans man that just didn't know it yet. And when Ellen Page was in Hard Candy playing 
a girl, which is a terrific thriller, if you've never seen it, playing a girl who entraps sexual predators. Terrific thriller. In Inception as Kitty Pride in, in one of the X-Men movies and all these things. So now the, the far left media wants us to pretend that this was this was Elliot Page the whole time. And that's the issue that I have with this, because when this stuff happens, it is this overwhelming focus on language. And they want to control the language that you speak. And now whenever this happens, there's a whole lot of blue checks on the far left that call themselves uh, trans, non-binary, queer progressive. You know, it's just, you know, it, it's, it's all that stuff on the far left. And so now these are the language police. And so now it is their job to police anybody that doesn't refer to this or doesn't speak about this in the ways that have been approved by GLAAD and the HRC and everybody that works at all of these far left LGBT rights organizations that are now basically trans rights organizations because they don't really care about gays and lesbians anymore. If they really cared about lesbians, then then they wouldn't go so hard about pushing the, the trans agenda. But that's neither here nor there. I'll, I'll get into that another week. We got we got a lot of weeks, a lot of weeks together. And I push back on that. So there's something that the far left does and, and they call it, and this is, this is transgender language and it's called dead naming. And so basically they say that if I were to refer to Elliot Page as Ellen Page in reference to Ellen Page's previous work as an actress, I am dead naming Elliot Page and dead naming can cause so much trauma and, and so much triggering in somebody that is now trans just to hear their old name referred to is just going to, you know, they're just so precious and so delicate, delicate. They're just going to explode in, in, in some sort of, I don't know, they're just going to explode, I guess. So that's the idea behind dead naming. And so this was, if you've never heard of dead naming before, join the club <laughs> because I only know about this because as a gay man, I am so clued into what is going on on the wackiness of the far left because I want absolutely nothing to do with it. And I comment on it and I critique on it because there's nobody else that's doing it. So it may as well be me. But this is the idea to control language. And this is what they want to do. So they want to control language. Now, I don't care what transgender adults do with 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 their body, I I uh, I honestly don't because if you're a grown adult person, you do whatever you want with your body. I don't care. Just don't make make my taxes pay for it, and don't tell me what I can and cannot say, and don't use the federal force of the federal government to do that. Now, there is a case that just came out of the UK last week, and you probably have not heard of this case because the mainstream media here in America has done their best to try to suppress this case. This was a young woman named Kiara Bell in the UK. Now, Kira Bell thought that she was a boy and identified as, as a boy in her teen years. Kira Bell got puberty blockers. Kira Bell got put on testosterone. Kira Bell got a double mastectomy, so which means that she had both of her breasts removed. And then Kira Bell decided that this is not what she wanted and ended up detransitioning, which means that she went back from you know, from female to male 
back to female. You know, Kiara Bell obviously, you know, realizes that, you know, she she aligned with her biological sex. She was like, this is not for me. The point in this case is that she had done so much medical intervention. And now the high court in the UK ruled that people that are under 18 do not have the informed consent that is necessary for them to be prescribed puberty blockers, to do all of these radical things that Kira Bell did to her body when as a, as a teenager, she thought that she was a boy. And the reason why you have not heard about this in America is because there are things that are going on like this right now, literally, and I am not making this up, a 14, 15, 16 year old can go and not have their parents involved in this at all and go get on puberty blockers, go get on testosterone. In some places, and I wrote about this in my book, Always a Soldier. If you haven't read Always a Soldier, grab it. It's a good book. In some cases, this stuff is even funded by taxpayer dollars. And so this is what is so messed up about this. And there is a far left transgender, they're calling it a charity called Mermaids. And, and Mermaids in the UK exists to push this transgender and gender identity and the whole gender cult onto kids. And they called it a quote unquote devastating blow. It is a devastating blow to these people that children cannot go and do irreversible things to their body without an adult present or adult consent or informed consent. So what happened in the UK is a very strong step towards ending this, this, this practice of pushing transgender ideology and pushing medical intervention onto kids and teenagers who will in all likelihood just grow up to be gay and lesbian adults. And I say all this to say that there is a use, you know, there's this, this use of language. There's this, this use of the government to try to push this stuff. And they're pushing back on this stuff in the UK. They are pushing on it hard. Why do you think that the far left trans activists hate J.K. Rowling? Because J.K. Rowling says that a woman is a woman. And you cannot, you know, erase that existence. In going back to the Ellen, the, the Ellen slash Elliot Page thing, I will never know what's in Elliot Page's heart. I will never know what is going on. The only thing that we will know is this very slickly rolled out, very slickly produced, you know, Hollywood coming out where everybody is, you know, ready to say stunning and brave the whole thing. But what we do know now, because of, of really amazing books like, Irreversible Damage, a book by Abigail Schreier. She wrote an entire book about this transgender mania that we are seeing in a lot of teen girls and how it's fueled by social media. It's fueled by a discomfort in their own bodies. And also, and this is a very interesting conversation, it is fueled by their desire to be anything but female. And it's the desire, it's, it's, you know, look, it's the desire to, to become man because maleness is, is more, it's, it's a lot of stuff. But that is where this stuff is all going. And it's very curious and very interesting that our mainstream media in America did not cover this at all. You have to go 
on the internet, you have to go to the Guardian, to the UK. You have to go to UK-based things because our mainstream media in America is owned by this far-left agenda. And this Ellen slash Elliot Page thing, I mean, this is only the latest, the latest example of it. And this is going to come from Hollyweird, right? But this stuff has a real impact on the world outside of Hollywood. When somebody can tell you what you were supposed to say and what you're not supposed to say, when somebody can tell you what you can think and what you cannot think, when somebody can tell you and dictate to you how you are supposed to think and how you are supposed to react or talk about a situation, then they own you. And that is what I'm pushing back at here. I push back at trans and kids. I push back at this idea that there's anybody in this world that is going to tell me what I can or cannot say about anything or what I am what I am or am not supposed to think. And that is just what it is. And there's going to be plenty more stuff that comes out about this far left trans movement with with Joe Biden entering into the White House. And that's for another episode. But up next to something a little bit lighter and a little bit more fun, my real housewives of Atlanta. But the far left has even ruined the real housewives of Atlanta. I am devastated. And I will tell you how and why when we come back. If you know anything about me at all, you know that I love The Real Housewives. I just, every franchise, I watch um, Atlanta, I watch Beverly Hills, I watch Potomac. I love Real Housewives. There is nothing that gives me more pleasure than to turn my brain off and watch wealthy, attractive women talking crap about each other and drinking wine, and just being shady. I love it. I absolutely love it. So when the Real Housewives of Atlanta season premiere premiered this week, I was so ready. I'm like, I moved into my new place. I got my studio all set up. I'm, I, I'm just sitting down to watch this. And oh my God, the Real Housewives of Atlanta has gotten woke, and I'm so over it. I, I'm just like, ah, there is no escape from the wokeness of the mainstream media. First of all, the episode is called no justice, no peace. And this episode is all about uh, all about Portia and Portia Williams. And when the Brianna Taylor stuff happened, Portia had to go in and protest because of all this stuff. So I want you to check out this clip. This is what Portia is saying about why she feels the need to go to Louisville to protest for Brianna Taylor. How hard is to be here to stand up for Brianna Taylor? What resonated with me about Breonna Taylor's death is that she was a frontline worker in her home, resting in her bed. The police bust in her door, shoot eight shots to her innocent body for no reason. Wrong. This is, uh, you know, when I talk to you guys about narratives and I talk to you guys about media misinformation and I talk to you about how Black celebrities and, and Black-oriented entertainment is used to push agendas on us. There cannot be a more perfect 30 seconds or, or 15 seconds or however, was, however long it was to portray this. How many misconceptions were literally in that, that 20 seconds? First of all, 
Um, Brianna Taylor was not an EMT at the time that she was that 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 she was unfortunately killed. As according to uh, this this local news in Atlanta, city documents show that Taylor had called in November and resigned. Mind you, the Brianna Taylor incident happened in March, so she had obviously not been an EMT for months at that time. A termination form also has, has a box checked stating "Do not rehire." So this is a fact. So first of all, the fact is is that she was not an, an EMT at the time of her death. Second big old whopper that Portia knew. And honestly, like, this is not the sharpest tool in the shed. Like, Portia, this is not a smart person. So I wouldn't, I, I mean, I, I wouldn't expect her to, to know anything other than what she saw on somebody's Instagram. So the second thing, oh, she was sleeping in her bed and she was just shot eight times wrong. Brianna Taylor was not sleeping in her bed. That was more misinformation. Brianna Taylor was unfortunately shot in the hallway. And also she said that, Brianna Taylor was shot for no reason. Wrong. Brianna Taylor's boyfriend shot at the cops first and they returned fire. So, so many miss, so much misinformation, so many untruths, literally in 20 seconds. And, and look, guys, I can I can scream about this and I can get a hundred thousand views on this video, whatever, for, for this misinformation and this mistruths or these mistruths. But I'm never going to have that impact that celebrities and somebody like Portia Williams in a platform like the Real Housewives of Atlanta has. So they use these platforms. And I'm telling you, the the far left and the people that have this access and influence and Hollywood and entertainment and all of that stuff, they use this stuff to influence black people. They use this stuff to control us. And with the Real Housewives of Atlanta... The most interesting thing about this episode, which is, by the way, a, a shitty episode. I didn't like it. It was just boring. It was like, whatever. It was like, you know, you don't watch The Real Housewives of Atlanta to talk about coronavirus and to talk about um, Breonna Taylor and BLM. Like, you, you, that, that's not what we're here for. We're here for, you know, we're here for mess. And what's so interesting is that these producers are using this platform and they have these women you know, multimillionaires at this point, very successful, and they had this conversation. And so one of the cast members' name is Candy Burris. Now, Candy Burris was a founding member of a, of a singing group called Escape, and she this she's a mogul. This woman is worth probably about $40 million at this point, and I am not even joking. It, it's, you know, her money is long. And so she's doing an interview, and she's just like, oh, my God, you know, it's just so much going on in the world and so much police brutality and you know, I got a, I've got a black son and I wake up every day and I'm thinking about, you know, whether, you know, when he grows up, he'll be with the wrong crowd or in the wrong place at the wrong time. And this is mind control at its highest level that you are going to believe that you are worth upwards of $35, $40 million, live in a, a palace, have all these businesses, you know, cars, all of that stuff. This child is going to be privately educated Obviously, this, you, you think that the Candy Burris is sending her child to Atlanta public schools? <laughs> no. So this child is going to be privately educated. This child is going to have the very best of everything his entire life. And yet the mind control is so intense that she really thinks. And, and this is not this is not even a read on her. This is this is making a statement about how the media is used to manipulate and control black people, specifically through our entertainment. She really believes that her son could be shot dead at any moment. And that is so sad. 
when I watched it, sometimes I get angry about things, but this just made me sad because this tells me that this mindset that some black Americans in this country have can never be erased. No matter how much money you have, no matter how much wealth you have, no matter how much influence you have, no matter how much you have, they are still mentally trapped in this idea. And so this woman, Candy Burris, this is, you know, 30, 40, 50 million dollars, like I said, I mean, just the money is very long. How is this going to affect the way her child sees the world? How is this going to affect the way so many Black Americans that are just watching this show for entertainment? I watch The Housewives for entertainment. I don't watch for SJW bullshit. I don't watch to, to, to be lectured about Black Lives Matter. I certainly don't watch to see one of their cast members, you know, just, you know, just try to create a storyline to go do something for the camera. Because obviously, you know, that's exactly what Portia was doing. You know, we, we know the game. But it just made me sad. Because it says that no matter what happens with some people, with a very large segment of Black Americans, of African Americans, there is no level of accomplishment that they can get to. There is no amount of money that they can earn. There is no amount of property they can have. There is no level that they can get to in America that will free them of the victimhood mindset. And it's sad and, and it's sobering. And it's really something to think about, because if we don't start giving Black Americans other options, if we don't start telling them different things, if we don't start, and this is me as a Black man, if, if people that are in charge in entertainment and media and politics and all that stuff, if we don't start changing the conversation, then this is what it's going to be. And the saddest thing about it is that you could take me, Candace Owens, Larry Elder, Brandon Tatum, every other major black conservative influencer that you could even think of. You could put us together and we wouldn't have as much influence as that 20 seconds of television that was seen by millions of people last night. And so something has to change. The conversation has to change. And the next time I tune into my Real Housewives, I hope they're back to talking shit about each other, being rich, and throwing things. Because I am not about the SJW in my ATL Housewives. Thanks so much to my sponsors. Please support them so we can bring the show to you for free. Visit my show page at robsmithisproblematic.com and please tell your friends about the show and rate and review us on Apple Podcasts so other people can learn what the show is about, be introduced to me, all of these problematic thoughts, and introduced to our community of problematics. Thanks to producer Stephen Calabria and researcher Aaron Kleekman and executive producers Debbie and Newt, part of the Gingrich 360 Network. Part of the Gamers 360 Network.